Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, one million cases. A sobering milestone as America begins to reopen. Every day, I think maybe today is the day the nightmare will be over, but it's not. Dr. Anthony Fauci's warning to states about lifting regulations too soon and what California's governor just announced about reopening schools. Plus, while these sit idle on the runway, why is this plane jam-packed? Honoring healthcare workers, the Thunderbirds and Blue Angels soar across the sky in honor of those on the front lines as thousands crowd to watch the dazzling display. And tonight, this picture of the vice president without a mask inside the Mayo Clinic, where it's policy for visitors to wear them. Meat supply shortage amid fears that grocery stores could run out this week, the president plans to order processing plants to remain open and protects the owners from safety lawsuits. Racing to a cure, the latest in our series, could a vaccine be ready by September? We'll take you inside the lab where it's being developed. A warning for pet owners, the first known dog to test positive for coronavirus after confirmed cases in cats. What you need to know about the CDC guidelines for your pets. And dining retro in the age of social distancing, why car hops and drive-ins could be making a comeback. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. And as we come on the air tonight, America has just crossed another threshold in the deadly coronavirus pandemic. There are now more than one million confirmed cases of the virus here in the U.S., though new research suggests the actual number of infections could be significantly higher. The death toll nationwide is now more than 58,000. But the nation's top infectious disease expert is warning those numbers could grow significantly if the country pushes to reopen too quickly. Still, many states are moving forward with lifting restrictions, with California's governor saying today that schools there 
could start up again in July to catch students up ahead of the new school year. Meantime, tonight, the president says he'll use the Defense Production Act to force meat processing plants to stay open after concerns that the country's food supply could be in jeopardy after sick workers forced many plants to shut down. Well, there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team has it all covered. We're going to begin with Mola Lenghi, who leads us off tonight in New York City. Mola. Well, Nora, some governors aim to bring some life back into their stagnant economies. Some new projections suggest that might be a risky bet, potentially costing those states thousands of lives. Still, some New Yorkers gathered today to share a moment for those trying to save lives. Restless New Yorkers, faces covered, eyes on the sky, crowded together, some skirting social distancing guidelines to catch a glimpse of blue angels and thunderbirds, honoring frontline healthcare workers who have helped slow the spread of COVID-19 cases. And yet, they continue to climb. More than three months after the nation's first case was reported, the number of infected in the U.S. has now topped one million. New York is still seeing roughly 1,000 hospitalizations a day, while the 335 who died Monday marks the state's lowest daily death toll this month. Today, Governor Andrew Cuomo put the number into perspective. It's 335 families. You see this number is basically reducing, but not at a tremendous rate. And the only thing tremendous is the number of New Yorkers who still pass away. The elderly are the hardest hit, including nearly 70 veterans who have died at this Massachusetts soldier's home, outpacing nursing homes in New York and New Jersey. Here, the painful difficulty of keeping a safe distance while saying goodbye, as this priest in New Jersey had to give a parishioner last rites through a window. In California, the Los Angeles area continues to see an uptick in cases. Deaths have now increased more than 50% in the last week. As 17 more states prepare to loosen restrictions on business, new projections highlight the potential high cost. The University of Washington upped its estimated death toll from roughly 66,000 by August to more than 74,000, citing fewer people practicing social distancing. Today, the NIH's Dr. Anthony Fauci warned against rushing to reopen. It could be much more than that. It could be a rebound to get us right back in the same boat that we were in a few weeks ago. But anti-stay-at-home demonstrations continue, this one in Raleigh, North Carolina. Meanwhile, companies still operating are trying to adjust to the new abnormal. JetBlue announced starting Monday, all passengers must wear masks, which wasn't the case for this one American Airlines flight last Saturday. Overall, low demand has parked most flights, as seen here, rows of commercial planes on the ground instead of in the sky. Well, and a hopeful sign of improvement here in New York City, two field hospitals, the Javits Convention Center here and the Naval Medical Ship Comfort docked nearby, will both be ending their missions later this week. An indication that the crisis seems to be a bit more manageable here, though certainly not over with, Nora. A sliver of good news. Thank you, Mola. Today, Vice President Mike Pence was criticized for touring the Mayo Clinic without a mask, despite the famed facility's rules requiring one. This says backlash grows over big companies getting those PPP loans, while some targeted small businesses are still struggling to get access. CBS's Weijia Zhang is at the White House tonight with more. Weijia? Honor, tonight the White House insists there are safeguards in place to prioritize those smaller businesses. But many owners tell CBS News they have not been approved for a even as President Trump sells the program as a big win. 
President Trump claimed the Paycheck Protection Program is doing its job, bailing out small business owners in danger of going under. As we open up our country, you're going to be in good shape as opposed to be either losing your business or how do we get some people to work here. But Melody George, who owns a dance studio outside of Los Angeles, has yet to get a loan, despite trying since the first round of money was available a month ago. Makes me wonder what it means to be a small business and um, how much support we really have from these programs. The federal website taking loan applications had technical glitches for the second day in a row, and only 23% of applications were successfully submitted. It's so frustrating having everything you need and providing everything you need and then to receive nothing. With the administration's national testing strategy also under fire, the mayor of D.C. called on former First Lady Michelle Obama for an assist with a robocall. I wanted to share information on free coronavirus testing for District of Columbia residents. Vice President Mike Pence stood by federal testing during a visit to the Mayo Clinic, but he drew extra attention for failing to wear a face mask while meeting with doctors and patients, even though the Mayo Clinic tweeted it had informed VP of the masking policy prior to his arrival today. Vice President Pence says he is often tested for coronavirus, and since he does not have it, he avoided a mask so he could look health care workers and researchers in the eye and say thank you. Critics quickly pointed out a mask does not cover one's eyes. Nora. All right, Weijia, thank you. President Trump says he will invoke the Defense Production Act to order meat processing plants to stay open during the pandemic. It comes amid warnings that meat shelves and grocery stores could go empty this week. According to the union representing workers, at least 22 plants have closed because of the virus in the last two months, and at least 20 meat packing and food processing workers have died. Here's CBS's Dean Reynolds. The livestock has been piling up at the nation's processing plants with a sudden drop in workers to turn the supply into food. It's becoming a real serious situation. Livestock analyst Dennis Smith says that with red meat production down 20 percent, consumers could soon face the consequences of an unprecedented food chain disruption. I would say the first week of May is, is when you, it's very possible that you'll begin to experience uh, some shortages. Uh, it could be spotty shortages at first, but then more widespread. It's not that there isn't supply. It's that there are fewer workers turning pigs into pork chops and cattle into steaks. We just won't have enough space to house all the animals that we have. In Minnesota, farmer Matt Patterson said with pig pens overflowing and few places to take his herd, euthanasia has been a terrible option pretty tough for me to even think about. Gary Harris, who's worked at the now-shuttered Tyson plant in Logansport, Indiana, for two decades, says companies should take the blame for reacting too slowly and turning his workplace into a hot spot. I've heard supervisors said that it's just a virus like the flu. Harris has been tested but has yet to get back a result. How do you feel about going back to work there? Not good at all. A union official said the president's back-to-work order is reckless, and he added, quote, more people will become infected, more people will get sick, and some of those people will die. Nora? All right, Dean, thank you. 
Tonight, we're seeing signs that the mental health crisis is worsening among healthcare workers battling this ruthless disease. There's this heart-wrenching story about a top ER doctor who contracted COVID-19, recovered, and then took her own life. Here's CBS's Don Daler. The world lost a frontline soldier in the battle against COVID-19. Dr. Lorna Breen, 49, a New York hospital medical director, became yet another casualty when she took her own life on Sunday. She had recovered from coronavirus, but some in her family believe she succumbed to the stress of what she witnessed every day. Colleagues describe Dr. Breen on social media as a true friend and compassionate warrior and a great emergency physician, great person, and great friend. These workers have seen more death than they've ever seen in their, their entire careers. Dr. Ayman Fanous fears for other healthcare workers. He's head of psychiatry for SUNY Downstate. I try to give them the message that it's important as much as possible to take care of themselves as well as to be able to express uh, their feelings. He's seen a dramatic increase in the number of doctors and nurses seeking support therapy. As we see in war, when you get shot, you might not feel the full impact of the pain right away, but with time, You'll see more and more symptoms, um, more and more insomnia, you know, possibly flashbacks and nightmares. It's too many patients mm -hmm. dying too quickly uh, and we're not able to help them. It's just devastating. Dr. Mafazur Rahman is one of those who sought help. Well, how are you doing personally? Uh, it's, uh, wish I could tell you better, but it's, um, it's difficult. One of my mentors, someone I had known for the last 20 years or so, uh, passed away. Many of those caring for the sick and dying will need care themselves even long after this crisis is over. Don Daler, CBS News. Tonight, there's word of a possible breakthrough in, a, in work on a coronavirus vaccine, one that may be ready in a few months. It's one of 70 potential vaccines being developed around the world. In our series, Racing to a Cure, Charlie Daggett takes us inside the innovative lab in England. In the global race to find a vaccine, Oxford University just jumped way ahead of the pack. Human testing is already underway, and scientists say they're hopeful it will be available by September. Well, personally, I'm, I have a high degree of confidence about this vaccine because it's technology that I've used before. Technology they had already developed in previous work on inoculations for other viruses, including a close relative of COVID-19, giving the lab a step ahead. The vaccine takes the coronavirus's genetic material and injects it into a common cold virus that's been neutralized so it can't spread in people. The modified virus will mimic COVID-19, triggering the immune system to fight off the imposter and providing protection against the real thing. The experimental vaccine has reportedly worked in protecting rhesus macaque monkeys like these that were exposed to heavy quantities of COVID-19. In the human trials, 550 participants are given the vaccine, another 550 a placebo. It feels like finally I'm able to do something and I felt like this was a way for me um, to contribute to the, to the cause. Wasting no time, one of the largest drug makers in the world based in India say they'll start producing millions of vaccines by next month, even before it's proven to work. Nora? That race is on, Charlie. Thank you. And by one estimate, restaurants in the U.S. have lost a combined $80 billion during the shutdown. Eight million employees are out of work. But some restaurant owners are turning back the clock to stay open and stay safe. Carter Evans checks out this new normal. 
At Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, operations manager Darren Utley says customers these days would rather social distance in their car. So he brought back the car hop. When I was a kid, that was the only way we used to do it. It's nostalgic. It allows them to have the kind of protection of their car and be in their own environment. The challenge will be keeping customers six feet apart when the dining room reopens. We went through and made sure there were no tables across from each other or next adjacent to each other. But that's virtually impossible to do at this tiny steakhouse across town. How are you going to social distance in here? That's a very good question. I don't know. Dear John's owner, Patty Rockenwagner. Even if you cut down the number of seats by half, they don't cut the price of steak by half. They don't cut your rent by half. If you can't pack your restaurant to capacity, I mean, it, it really is a recipe for disaster. But for now, she may have cooked up a recipe for success. We started um, doing TV dinners. The ultimate comfort food. They look awesome, you guys. They make them every day and sell out every night. It's nostalgic, it's old school, it's a little more gourmet. Most restaurants are improvising, says Michael Grayeski, co-owner at Lobster and Beer, two things not usually associated with takeout. What does a new normal look like for you in here? I'm trying to find ways to get people to, to come through the door. Or at least into the parking lot. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. Today, Hillary Clinton became the latest big-name Democrat to endorse Joe Biden, the 2016 nominee who lost the election to President Trump despite winning the popular vote, appeared in an online forum with Biden. Biden called her the woman who should be president. Clinton says Biden, quote, can repair the damage that he would be inheriting. Tonight, a pug named Winston is believed to be the first dog in the U.S. to test positive for COVID-19. Three mem human members of his family in North Carolina also tested positive, and all are doing well. At least two cats have also been infected with the coronavirus. The CDC says pets should maintain social distancing in public, but there's no evidence that animals are playing a significant role in the spread, and they ask that they keep their paws clean. We have new information tonight about British World War II veteran Captain Tom Moore. We've reported that he raised money for British health care workers by walking 100 laps in his yard. Donations now top $36 million. Well, Captain Moore turns 100 on Thursday, and look at this. He's received more than 125,000 birthday cards, plus a salute from here at CBS News. So happy birthday, Captain Moore. The coronavirus took so much from America's nearly 4 million high school seniors. Sports, school plays, prom and graduation. But a photographer is making sure some members of the class of 2020 are not forgotten. Here's CBS's Chip Reed. Again, keep going. Matt Mendelson spent years traveling the world, photographing the rich and famous, the fighters, and those trying to make peace. But his current project hits much closer to his Arlington, Virginia home. That was killer right there. Stay there right there. He realized that among the many missed milestones for this year's graduates, Ready? that's a picture right there, would be their senior photos. So he's taking them for the seniors at Yorktown High School, all 500 for free. I'm not trying to do 500 nice senior pictures of a girl in the tall grass or in the tulips. These are supposed to represent a sense of loss a little bit, a sense of what should have been. The photos are a snapshot of the seniors as they see themselves, an artist, a dog lover, a baseball player. 
What does this mean to you to be able to get a picture like this? It's able to capture what parts of what we're all going to miss about senior year. He uses a long lens and proper social distancing. Jillian Wagner's mom got in the picture. What's the best part of what he's doing here? It's just being able to be seen and know that we're not left behind. I just think it's such a tremendous gift. We're so lucky. Mendelssohn says he's getting a gift, too. It gets me out of the house, and I'm like, I haven't been happier. I could do this all day. He hopes to finish the project by mid-June, just in time for graduation. Chip Reed, CBS News, Arlington, Virginia. It's a gift that will last a lifetime. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, a story of determination, how a Washington landmark, Ben's Chili Bowl, is pushing on in spite of the coronavirus. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. And we want to leave you with this video of the flyover in New York City. Thank you to our healthcare heroes and our frontline responders. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.